0: Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. Wow, so I have a lot to share with you today. First of all, if you've been listening to my podcast for, let's say, at least the last two months, you will know that I have a story that I wanted to share with you, but I wasn't quite ready to share it. And I kept telling you that I'll share it at some point. But then I kept saying that I wasn't ready. Because sometimes that's just what happens with our stuck spots. There is a certain readiness that is required in order to get unstuck. And unless you're ready, you won't get unstuck. Anyway, so I'm happy to share with you today that I'm going to share that difficult story with you. But before I do, just two things. One, I want to thank those of you who responded to last week's episode. Wow, did that touch a nerve for some of you, (laughs) this concept of considering it's not your business. I posted last week's episode in the Getting Unstuck Facebook group, and there were several responses to it, in addition to people who responded to me personally. So I thank you for your engagement, because this is what it's all about, my friends, This is not just about me sharing my stories, but rather you seeing yourself in my stories and you doing the self-inquiry work that I do and that I model for you so that you can bring this work into your life. This podcast is not about me, but rather about you. I'm just a vessel to help you see yourself in my stories. That's all. And by doing so, you can start to make major shifts in your life, just as I do in mine. So again, for those of you who responded, I greatly appreciate hearing from you. And the other thing, I received an email from someone, get this, she used to be my babysitter when I was a little kid. I mean, this was like, nearly 40 years ago or something like that that i knew this woman so i have to admit i hardly remember her well you know like she was a probably a teenager at the time i was maybe i don't know 5 or 6 or 7 her name was janine and of course she grew up next to me and then moved away from the house where i grew up and i totally lost connection to her until just this past year when she found me on Facebook and we became Facebook friends. And she's become a part of the Getting Unstuck movement as a listener to this podcast and as a member of the Getting Unstuck Facebook group. So we became friends on Facebook, but we haven't really, you know, reunited as friends, I guess, because we weren't really ever friends. We just knew each other as, you know, she was my babysitter. Anyway. So you can just imagine how I felt when I received this email from her last week. With her permission, I'll share her words with you now. Hey, Shira, it's a quiet early Sunday morning, the best time to clear my head and think. I wanted to thank you for the Getting Unstuck podcast. I was in a major stuck place a few weeks back due to some family issues. My thoughts and emotions were all over the place. I honestly didn't know what to do. Emotions ran high, and what I thought would last a day or two went on for weeks. I spoke to my husband about it so much, he finally said, You need to move on. But I couldn't. I finally decided to listen to your podcast while I walked, something I haven't done in a long time. Ah, what can I say? You have helped me immensely mentally and physically. The first couple of episodes I listened to twice as I felt the need to write a few things down. But it was episode number 18 on forgiveness that really hit home. It was so powerful. I have never had problems with forgiveness in the past, but as you can tell, this issue cut deep. I used the stock method and I've decided forgiveness is the best option, and although I haven't confronted the person I had the issue with, I already feel better. I appreciate your kind, gentle way you speak to your listeners and the tools you offer us. I also appreciate the examples you have given. Although it is a simple message, it really does take time and practice to implement when we find ourselves stuck. One of my favorite comparisons you gave us is when we are stuck, it's like being in a snow globe that someone is shaking. We can't see things clearly. I am extremely proud of you for your many accomplishments, and I am in awe of the little girl I used to babysit. You were always a beautiful soul. Janine from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so I read that basically in tears the first time, as you can imagine, I am just in such immense gratitude that this podcast is having the effect on people's lives that was really the intention of the podcast to begin with. Again, I am not here to share my stories with the world, but rather to model what is possible in yours. Janine, thank you for sharing your words with me. They really, truly touched me. Okay, one more thing before I share this week's story. Can you see I'm procrastinating? I don't want to share the story. Okay, I cannot wait to share with you next week's episode. Next week, number 84 is a multiple of seven. And if you're new to the podcast, you may not know. But every seven episodes, I take a break from sharing stuck stories and instead share something related to the world of getting unstuck. And next week, I'm going to do a year in review with you. I'm going to reflect on 2018 and share with you my goals for Getting Unstuck in 2019. And one of the most exciting things that is going to happen in 2019 is the creation of an online regular Getting Unstuck group program. I am so excited about it. And I'm going to be looking for people to test it out with me for a couple of months before I officially launch it. And I can't wait to share it with you. So please make sure you tune in to next week's episode. I really don't want you to miss it. Okay, deep breath, here we go. I think I actually need to take a stop for a moment before we begin. This might be difficult for me to share. Okay, here's my story. So when I was in the United States this past summer, visiting my family, I had the privilege of having way more free time to myself than I usually do. And one of the things that I took advantage of was being able to take some yoga classes. Taking yoga classes is not something I do much here, mainly because there's not much being offered in my small community, and I don't wanna drive too far to take yoga and i live basically in the middle of nowhere so when my aunt <clears throat> so when my aunt so when my aunt invited me to take some yoga classes where she takes yoga i jumped on the offer so one thursday evening i remember it was a thursday because it was 2 days before the day we were going to celebrate my son's bar mitzvah with my family in new jersey I decided to take a yoga class with my aunt. The studio is probably like, I don't know, a six minute drive or something from my parents' house. It's not too far at all. And it's basically down one long road from my parents' house. I left like, I don't know, 50 minutes or something before the class started so that I could park at my aunt's house and she and I could just walk together to the class. I was in no rush to get to her house. There was plenty of time. So, I take my mom's car and I start driving down this one long road until I get to a T, which also happens to be a traffic light. Actually, it's not even a perfect T. If you can imagine what a T looks like, but then you push the base of the T to like one side, that's what this intersection is. It is not a safe intersection at all. In fact, when I was a kid, there only used to be a stop sign there. I remember that completely, and eventually over time, I assume unfortunate circumstances happened, they added a traffic light with a no turn on red sign, and for those of you living outside the United States, basically there is a rule, well at least in New Jersey there is this law, that if you're at a red light, you're allowed to make a turn on red as long as you take a full stop, which is three seconds, and no cars are coming your way. It's probably one of the stupidest rules in the world, in my opinion, but that's what it is. But anyway, so I approach this intersection and the light is red. So I stop completely. And because I don't live there, I didn't know if that sign, that no turn on red sign, if it still existed or not. Like, was I allowed to turn right on red or not? So while I stopped, I'm looking around, and I'm looking around, and I don't see that no turn on red sign. I looked right for a moment, and then I looked left and saw no cars approaching. So I started to slowly inch forward, as you need to do in any intersection, but specifically in this intersection, in order to see better and to see if cars were actually coming. And I didn't see any cars and I was about to take my foot off the brake and turn red when I heard a like, a, like a loud, like thump or something. And I was like, what was that? There was nobody behind me. So I immediately put the car in park and I got out to see what the thump was. Are you ready? It was a child on a bike without a helmet. Okay, to be more clear, it was actually a child on the ground whose bike was also on the ground after having hit my car and the kid was not wearing a helmet. This is hard for me, my friends, to share with you. This is like going back into trauma, so please be patient with me. So I basically I flipped out and I went nuts, right? I'm like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Like, I, 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 I have no words to describe what I felt in that moment. The boy who looked, I guess, around the age of nine or something—it was hard to tell—he said, "I saw you inching forward, looking to see if cars were coming from the left, and I thought I could pass you to get to the other side." And I was like, what? To myself, right? I'm like, what? He saw me? Why didn't he stop? Why didn't he stop? Why didn't he stop? Why did he hit me? Why is he on the ground? Why, why is this happening to me? Oh my God. My heart was racing. And I don't mean racing like, you know, when someone says something hurtful to you and your heart starts to beat more noticeably. I mean, my heart was racing. My hands were shaking uncontrollably. I could not think straight at all. There was a man on the other side of the road who apparently didn't see when the boy hit the car, but he saw the aftermath. He took immediate control. He helped the kid get up from the ground, who, by the way, miraculously showed no signs of blood or broken bones or really anything. And he ordered me to turn the car around and park in the parking lot of the store that was just behind that intersection. The man called 911, and literally within minutes, three cop cars with two policemen in each car, an ambulance, and a fire truck were at the scene of the accident. And the father, who was apparently inside the liquor store on the other side of the scene of the accident, comes rushing out, this huge, huge man, completely towering over me and he came right up to me and he's like, What you doing, my son? And I froze and I didn't answer. I mean, what did I do? What did I do? Did did I do this? I didn't do this. I didn't see him. I didn't I didn't do this. How, he came, what like And I'm driving my parents' car, right? This car doesn't even belong to me. And my son's bar mitzvah is in two days. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't even, I can't tell anybody. I can't tell my parents about this. So one policeman comes over to me and asks for my license and my insurance information. I literally couldn't even take the papers out of their pockets because my hands were shaking so forcibly. So he did it for me. He told me to relax. He said, it's over. The boy seems totally okay. He asked me to tell him what happened, and I did. And then he went over to the boy and asked him what happened from his perspective. The policeman took the boy's information. The boy was put inside the ambulance, and the family left. And I stood there with the police officers in a state of shock. And I looked at one of them, and I said, what now? And he responded, well, where were you going? And I cried, to a yoga class. And he said, so go to your yoga class. And I was like, but what about the boy? What about the bike? And he said, the insurances will work it out. There's nothing to do at this point. And I just stood there. Like, I couldn't go to a yoga class after this. I was, I was immovable the policeman looked at me and he said, you were not negligent. And I looked at him with tears pouring down my face and said, can I give you a hug? I I really needed a hug in that moment. And he said, sure. So I hugged him. And he said to me, look, things happen. And if this is the worst accident that ever happens to you, consider yourself really, really, really lucky. You were not negligent. And I let that sink in for a minute, and I did as he suggested. I think I drove like 10 miles an hour at that point, and I still made it to the class even before it began, still shaking all over my body. My aunt was already there, because when I didn't show up to her house as planned, She assumed I either wasn't coming or I was going to meet her at the studio. When I arrived at the studio, I told her what happened, and we just sat in silence for a few minutes before the teacher opened the room for us to come in. I just kept having these flashbacks of the boy hitting the car, even though I didn't see him hit the car. I really couldn't focus on the yoga class. I basically whimpered, throughout the whole class, trying to keep my crying to a minimum so as not to bother the other students. Why me? What if I didn't take a complete stop? What if I had rolled through that red light? What if I had killed that boy? Oh, my God. Those thoughts just kept looping and looping and looping and looping in my mind during that whole class. I went home and I told my husband. I knew I couldn't tell my parents. I didn't want to upset or worry them two days before my son's bar mitzvah. I called my uncle, who's a lawyer, and I told him the story. And he also calmed my nerves. He said, he spoke about insurance and deductibles and something about New Jersey insurance, and he just kept saying to me, Shira, you don't need to worry. Don't lose sleep over this. Well, <laughs> that's easier said than done. I lost sleep over this. I did not sleep that night at all. I couldn't fall asleep, literally. I couldn't fall asleep. I just kept having flashbacks, although Again, I saw nothing at the scene of the accident, but I kept having flashbacks. Or I had nightmares of killing this kid. It was like one or the other. And I guess subconsciously, my mind felt unsafe to go to sleep because perhaps one of those two scenarios may actually manifest, even though I know that doesn't make sense. It's not logical. It's not rational. But that's where my mind was. Friday, I was like a walking zombie, and I so tried to take a nap during the day, and I wasn't successful. And then the same thing happened Friday night. I couldn't sleep. And if I did fall asleep, I was awoken by a nightmare. It was crazy and terrible and annoying, especially because my son was having a bar mitzvah the next day, and I was supposed to partake in many parts of leading the services. I was also thinking a lot of what ifs. What if I had left five minutes later? What if I didn't stop to speak to my husband a few minutes before getting into the car? What were the chances that this boy and I would intersect at that exact moment in time? What if we had missed each other in by like minutes, none of this would have happened? I also, by the way, was having flashbacks to four years ago when at the luncheon for my daughter's bat mitzvah in New Jersey, same place, same time, I spontaneously got ridiculously sick, which was the start of an unfortunate set of events that led me to go to the hospital and undergo two major abdominal surgeries and stay in the United States while my husband would return back to Israel by himself with the four kids. I did a podcast episode on that one. It's number 32, Consider Talking to God. If you're not familiar with that story, it's a good one. Anyway, part of why I couldn't sleep on Friday night was because of the trauma from my daughter's bat mitzvah and wondering if I'm cursed. And wondering why me? And wondering what terrible thing is going to happen tomorrow. I was like anticipating it. It was awful awful. And then I couldn't tell anyone. I mean, who could I tell? I didn't want to ruin my son's celebration. And even after it was over, our family celebrations were continuing with a surprise 70th birthday from my mom. And I I just felt like it wouldn't be right. And I think part of the value of getting unstuck is taking the story out of your head. I truly believe that when it's in your head, when it's stuck in your head, that it's nearly impossible to work with because your mind is just going to reaffirm everything that you're thinking. Your mind is not going to be objective. Your mind is not going to challenge your thoughts. Your mind is going to innocently work against you. And this is why I strongly recommend journaling. And not just any journaling, but journaling methodically according to the stuck method. And you can hear more about that if you want in episode number 21. And in addition to journaling, I recommend working with a certified stuck coach, someone who not only knows how to hold your space, but who knows how to ask quality questions that will help you own your own truth. Because the more you create those new neuro pathways in your mind, the more you will create new possibilities for positive and efficient future experiences. And I think everyone needs a coach in their lives, and I'll talk more about that in next week's episode. And I have a couple of coaches in my life who I am blessed to have. And so I wrote to one of my coaches a few days after the incident. I went through the stuck method. By S, taking a stop before writing the email. T, expressing in the email my deep emotions, which was basically being stuck on shock, I would say was the, the deepest emotion. You, I uncovered some beliefs like, why do things always happen to me? Among many others that I already mentioned. It was a quick email to her and her response was not long. This is what she wrote. She said four things. One, you say, why does this always happen to you? Consider, maybe this didn't happen to you at all. Maybe it happened to the boy. Maybe he needed to be hit by or run into a car in the accident that happened with you so that from now on, he will wear a helmet and be more cautious in the street It is a truly great thing that he was hit by or ran into you because you're a safe driver. Someone else, this could have ended very differently. Two, you're stuck on it could have ended differently. While that's true, it didn't end differently. It ended how it ended, with everyone safe. I understand where your mind is going. Of course it is. But also, it doesn't need to. Three. Good thing you were on the way to yoga when it happened. Great thing that you still went. Excellent that you cried the whole time. A lot of energy moved instead of being stuck. Think of how much is stuck now and how much more would have been if otherwise. And four. Consider that when you had a big family celebration last time, four years ago, you had to go to the hospital. Yes? So consider, here is an opportunity to really enjoy a big family celebration. You get a do-over. We don't always get do-overs. What a blessing. And that was it. It was short and sweet and enough for me to start to think about this situation differently. I responded back. Thank you. I love you. I will share this one day on my podcast for sure. For now, I'm going to just consider it happened. It's in the past. It's over. And that was it. I mean, that wasn't it right? I still had thoughts and flashbacks about it. But the more I practiced to go through the stuck method, each and every time I was able to dispel one of my limiting beliefs, which led me to consider other thoughts like, it happened, as it should have, because it did. And there's nothing to do about it now, except notice how I'm thinking about it. In fact, at least one of the 52 consideration cards that are going to be coming out in about two weeks, weeks—woohoo, I can't wait, one of them at least has to do with the past. It says something like, consider your past does not control or define you. And while I know the mind will have a tendency to slip back into remembering the incident, I also know that my mind is much more powerful than the brain and that I have the power to challenge my thoughts and really access what is really true and consider other possibilities. My friends, this was not an easy story to share, as you can imagine. Thank you for your patience with the amount of time it took me to share it with you. And now I'd like to turn it to you. Where in your life... Have you thought about wanting something in your past to be different than what it was? Whether it's wishing it didn't happen, or wishing something didn't happen to you, or, or wishing someone didn't say something to you, or wishing you would have made a different decision, or maybe wishing this person didn't show up in your life, or maybe wishing you never entered into this relationship, or maybe wishing that the people in your life, whoever they were in your past, were different people, maybe more loving or affectionate or caring or smart or whatever. We all do this, my friends. We oftentimes live in the past and we live in the future way more than we live in the present. So take a moment And think about where in your life do you sometimes look back and wish the past was different. Now, this is work that may need to be done over time. In fact, just last night in a class that I was teaching in the Certified Stuck Coaching Program, one of the students raised a question about working with someone with trauma Because if you have gone through a traumatic experience, retelling it or allowing the emotion of trauma to run through you can be difficult. On the other hand, the stock method really does give you a safe framework with which to work. Because if the traumatic experience is still inside of you, and it's still inside of your body, it's because of the thinking you continue to place on top of the circumstance that was. So for me, it was work that I had to do over a couple of months to really and completely get unstuck. And actually, the immediate consideration that I received from my coach was what put me on my path to healing. So yes, none of the work we do with getting unstuck is a one-shot deal, but rather a skill that is cultivated through continuous, repeated practice despite the obstacles that may arise along the way. But for now, just to give you a bit of practice, where can you consider it's in the past? Where can you consider what happened was meant to happen because it did happen? And that the only place the past lives is in your mind. And that the only thing you have the power over in this moment is how you want to think about the past. And that's it. I know this is not easy, my friends. I know. Because our minds want to try to change the past to make our memory of it more pleasant. But we can't change the past. We just can't. And by trying to change the past, we will only keep ourselves more stuck in that story. The only power we have is to understand why that past experience came into our life. What was it there to teach you? What do you have to learn from it? And how can you take whatever was in the past and reclaim who you are in this moment? I know it's not easy work. It's simple, but it's not easy. And next week, I'm going to share with you an exciting new group program where you can be working and engaging with me directly on a weekly basis to do the work of getting unstuck and living your life more deliberately in community with others. I can't wait to tell you more about it next week. My dear friends, if this podcast episode today touched you in any way, please let me know Or if you know someone in your life who you believe would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them, either in an email or on social media. Please do what you can do to help me help the world get unstuck one moment at a time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. As always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops and retreats, check out our website www.shiragura.com